verse up there needs our prayer. So we need to have prayer for these, please. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do count it a great privilege to pray for people. And Lord, we ask you to bless these that need your hand upon them today. Watch over and keep them. Bless you today now. And bless thy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I want to begin read in verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1. Let a, man, let a man so account of us out of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. For I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified? But he that judges me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no man of you, no one of you, be puffed up one against another. For who maketh thee different from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if I didst receive it, why doest thou glory? As if thou hadst not received it. Now you are full, now you are rich, ye have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God you did reign, that we also might have might reign with you. Father, we ask you now to bless thy word to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading this verse one. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And then verse 2 it said, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And I was thinking that I would look at that verse and what that word in verse 2, faithful, is talking about is preachers or those that handle the Word of God being faithful to preach the same same things uh, that Jesus would preach are the mysteries of God. Now, and so in other words, since we're saved, since we're the children of God, we are, if we're in Christ Jesus by faith, then we're to preach and teach as Jesus would teach and preach of the things of God to a lost and dying world. So we need to go back and find out what Jesus would teach if he was here with us today. I want to give you some of those things. Number one is to make right choices. Did you know it's so important that you stop and make right choices in your life? I've been dealing with two or three people this week that's called me and asked me to pray for them that they would make right choices in their life. And uh, what you 
the choices that you make, especially as you're younger people, the choices you make determines what you're going to have the rest of your life or what you're going to be the rest of your life. So it's very careful. Uh, it's a, it's a, it should be a very careful thing that you make the right choices. And so if you want to know what is the right choices, you have to go back and study what Jesus would tell us to do. And Acts chapter 5 verse 29 said, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Now, that's a right choice. Amen? In Proverbs 20 verse 11, Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure or whether it be right. Psalms 119 verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, you can see then uh, you can't make right choices in this life without knowing Christ and His Word. It's very important to study the Word of God as a young person then and as you grow older that we want to make the right choices in this life. Knowing Christ and having His Word in us uh, helps you to make the right choices when Satan arrives on the scene. Now go back with me to Matthew for a moment and I'll show you what I'm talking about in Matthew chapter 4 and I want to begin to read in verse 1. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights he was asked for hunger. And when the tempter came to him he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and sitteth him on the pinnacle of the temple, and saith to them, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bury thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory thereof, and saith to him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus saith to him, Give thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou worship. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Now what I wanted to show you by those verses, the, the devil tempts every man the same way today that he tried to tempt Jesus back then. Notice in verse 4, Man should not live by bread alone. That's the lust of the flesh. Every man is tempted by the lust of the flesh, according to 1 John. If you study 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Then the second way the devil tempts you is by pride of life. Notice, if you would please, he take him up on the temple and said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. And then the third way the devil tempts you is the lust of the eyes, what you behold. So you've got to guard yourself. If I want to know how to take care of my flesh in the time of temptation, that by Jesus said, 
I, he challenged the devil or told the devil, Thus saith the Lord. You don't get in an argument with the devil over your flesh or the lust of the eyes or the lust of the flesh. You tell him what God has said. Now, how are you going to tell the devil what God has said or God has written unless you know it? And therefore, you have to study the Word of God if you're going to overcome temptation of the devil. Thirdly, Jesus taught to be friendly. Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born of adversity. A friend is one who will go over to someone's house and eat supper with them and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of the greatest times that I've had in my life has been when I went to a friend of mine's house, or me and my wife, and had the opportunity to sit down with them and lead them to saving faith in Christ Jesus. I never will forget one particular one, and I won't tell you what she said. <laughs> she came here to church and heard, heard me preach on John 3.16. You must be born again. And then we went to visit them, and uh, she said, Now, what is this thing about being born again? She never understood, never heard that before. And I had the opportunity to lead her to saving faith in Christ. And so a friend is one that cares about leading or getting somebody saved. I want to read you something. In Luke chapter 19, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was a chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before him and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him where he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I will abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Now isn't that something that Jesus taught then? If you want to be a friend like you ought to be to people, you invite them to your house and you lead them to saving faith in Christ. The third thing that Jesus taught is, is to be loving. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. John 15, verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Now, if you study John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus, and Lazarus is dying, and Jesus wept over Lazarus dying. Did you know one of the greatest privileges I think a Christian has is when some friend of ours has a loved one that dies, that we go and sympathize with them. We let them know that we care for them in the time of their bereavement, and they got somebody that's passed on, and we let them know we love them in the Lord, we care for them, because that's the greatest time that you can show love for somebody. And Jesus taught to be a loving person. Now, the fourth thing that Jesus taught to be is to be kind. Uh, do unto others you'd have them do unto you. Amen? Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. I learned something in my early Christian life because I'm going to tell you the truth, it's hard to forgive some people. 
And it really is. You have to deal with it. And you know how I learned to do it? I learned if Jesus can forgive me, I can surely forgive anybody then. Amen? And it's just that simple. And I know that Jesus forgave me a lot of things that I shouldn't have been forgiven for, but He did. Now turn over to Luke chapter 17, and I'll show you how the Bible says to do it. In Luke chapter 17, and I want to begin to read, please, in verse 11. Luke chapter 17, in verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And he lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. You know, it's... It's so much easier to be kind to people and to carry a grudge and to be mad at somebody all the time. And the Bible makes it very plain. If I'm going to be a steward, if I'm going to be a teacher of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to be faithful to that, then I'm going to have to learn to be kind to people. Again, we are Jesus taught to worship God. In Matthew 21, verse 13, Jesus says to them, It is written... My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You know what? I wonder how many people go to church <coughs> and they go to supposedly the house of God and they go there just for one thing, to worship God, not to be seen of men. Not to, I, I know a lot of churches, I'm serious about this, I've been in a lot of churches they go just to see what somebody else is going to wear, I think, because all they can talk about is what somebody, the diamonds they got on, the clothes they got on, or how they fixed their hair or something else. They're always talking about and fussing about something that somebody else is wearing and somebody else is doing. That's not why you go to church, and that's not why you go to worship. You worship God because He's God, amen? And what Jesus taught is that we're to worship God, not things. And God made that very plain. It's very important to know to worship God. Then Jesus taught to pray. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, And He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You know how much it... it the most important thing you can do for somebody is pray for them. I believe that. Now, I've had people to come here to church and meet me at the back door, and I think maybe they visit in the church or something, I go back to see them, somebody will come say, Preacher, somebody want to see you. And they always want a handout. Just about every time they want a handout if they come like that and talk to them and want to see me outside. And I say, won't you stay for church? But they don't understand. Did you know the best thing in the world you give somebody is not a dollar bill, but pray for them. And somebody says, 
pray for me, preacher. Like, that's a second-hand thing. You know, I mean, that's the last thing you do. No, Jesus taught that's the first thing you do for somebody. Is pray for them. Be concerned about them. So if I'm going to be faithful to the ministry of Christ, and and I'm going to teach the mysteries of God, and be a faithful servant to the Lord, i got to pray for people. Now, the third, the seventh thing, Jesus taught to tell others of Himself. Turn it back to Mark chapter 5 for just a minute. Mark chapter 5, I want you to look at verse 19. Mark chapter 5, verse 19. And when they could not find by what way they might bring Him in because of the multitudes, they went up on the housetop and let him down through the tilings with his couch in the midst before Jesus. Every time I read that, I think about this. You know, somebody had to get the idea of how to get this man to Jesus. And then they had to work in fellowship or together to get this man to Jesus. And here was a crowd that gathered around. And I wonder how many people come to church sometimes, they drive up to some church. I know we've had this building packed several times in the past and hardly a place to find a park years ago. And I wonder how many people come up and see the crowd and they turn around and go home just because of the crowd. So just because there's a bunch of people there. And what I'm trying to say is this man, and when they could not find by what way they might bring him to him because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop. They began to take the tile off and let him down on his couch before Jesus. You know what that's telling us? We ought to do everything that we can to get somebody to Jesus. Whatever it takes to get somebody to Jesus. You know one of the best ways you can get people to the Lord? If you lead somebody to faith in Christ Jesus at home, you know what the best thing you can do? I'll come by and pick you up Sunday and will you have dinner with me? I'll buy you dinner if you'll go to church with me Sunday. And bring them to church. Amen? And and get them here. Whatever it takes to get them here uh, to before the Lord. Because when you lead somebody to Christ, your job's not done. The Bible says that we're stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know what that means? We're the overseers of the grace of God. We're to tell somebody how much we care for them. And one of the greatest things you can do for somebody is get them out of the preaching the Word of God. Let them know that Jesus loves them. Get them in church. Get them around Christians. And don't leave them out there for the devil to take over. Amen? And this, this one thing I've learned over the years, if you lead somebody to saving faith in Christ and you don't get them out of the preaching of the Word of God, did you know the old devil would get after them and get them right back out into the world? And that's, that's something that Jesus told us not to do. We're to watch over them. And so the best thing that you can do is lead somebody to saving faith in Christ and whatever it means to get them to Christ Jesus, do it. I know me and my wife, when we had the little primary boys and girls. I used to go around neighborhoods looking for bicycles and things, and I knew kids lived there, and we'd go by and pick them up on the bus and bring them to church. And, and I got made fun of a lot of time because of the things we would do to get kids to come to church. 
Uh, we made all kind of things to get kids excited about coming to church. And you know what? Over the years I've realized I, I had a good friend of mine. He had a lot of money. And he paid these young boys that he knew he would give them $20 a piece if they go to church with him. And he had a lot of teenage boys saved that he give $20 a piece just to take them to church. And do you know what some of the church members started doing? He's trying to buy their salvation. He's trying to buy them to come to church. Well, let me tell you something. He's going to meet them in heaven. Amen? What's $20 to get somebody to go to church with you? Amen? And what I'm trying to say, whatever means, Jesus made it very plain, whatever means it takes to get somebody to Jesus, we're to be the ministers of that and faithful servants of letting people know, get them any way you can to Christ Jesus. Amen? That's the teaching of the Lord. And we're to stay faithful to it. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, it's good to be in this place for you to you and your people today, Lord. I'm so glad you're in our hearts that we can meet together because you said where one or two are gathered in my name, there I will be with you also. And so, Lord, we're looking for good things to happen today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.